0: As the podcasting industry continues to grow, the big elephant in the room is gender and race. Like in other forms of media, podcast hosts and creators, especially those that are successful, tend to be overwhelmingly male and white. Part of what Immigrantly seeks to do is disrupt that paradigm and bring forward voices that naturally add more color to stories we hear every day. But before we came around, Others were already doing this. Yes, today I am excited to talk to Ahmed Ali Akbar, a writer, journalist and the host of See Something, Say Something, an incredible podcast where Ahmed talks to Muslims from all across different industries and talks about culture, current events and being Muslim in America.
1: They were like, "Hey, you know you've done some stuff on immigrant identity and Muslim identity. What would be the, your ideal podcast?" And I came to them with this idea that I would we would do a podcast that sort of featured the widest view of Muslims possible. Mm-hmm. And I had a team, all of people who are non-Muslim and non desi all wonderful white women who I love. and they'll, they'll, <laughs> they I just met with some of them last night, we're still close.
0: Ahmed talks about the things that American Muslims are talking about right now, which can range from mass incarceration to memes. Ahmed's work has been an inspiration to me as I have been finding my voice on Immigrantly. And I'm so excited to have him on the show. Welcome, Ahmed. So good to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So let's start with your podcast. Sure. Uh, See something, say something. I'm a big fan, and you have covered so many topics from jinns to hip hop and Islam and proms, right? This was part of BuzzFeed, but you've moved away from it. Now That's you're right. doing it solo, pretty much like me. Um, <laughs> I'm
1: doing it solo too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What are some of the challenges?
1: So I totally, when I started podcasting, and I would compare myself to my friends, I totally felt like I had a huge amount of privilege because I got developed, basically. Uh, I was very lucky that I just happened to, I was lucky that I ended up at BuzzFeed out of a grad school with very little journalism experience. And I got trained on the job for two years. And I did all this stuff, like all that stuff that you're mentioning had had its roots in like me writing online, right? And then they developed me in a way which they were like, hey, you know, you've done some stuff on immigrant identity and I'm Muslim identity, what would be the your ideal podcast? And I came to them with this idea that I would we would do a podcast that sort of featured the widest view of Muslims possible. Mm-hmm. And I had a team, all of people who are non-Muslim and non-Desi, all wonderful white women who I love. And they'll, 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 they. I just met with some of them last night. We're still close, and they helped me develop it. And I learned to produce as well. At such that when I left, I already knew how to make a show. I didn't know how to make a show like two years ago. But when I ha- went independent after they closed down the audio department and they gave me the rights to the show. It wasn't actually that hard. It's obviously not as easy as having like five people giving you ideas. But I know how to like craft a story and interview now. And this I is, learn on the job.
0: Yeah, this is so interesting because for me, this is like on-job training. I'm a human rights activist. Yeah, I yeah. have no background in production. And I do this solo. So when it's sometimes, you know, it's like when you say ignorance is bliss. In, yeah, yeah. in my case, it is because I think I know. I don't know if I know, right. but you know how it I'm is. I'm sure it's like, you know. Yeah, but you still, know. it's like, you know, you're like, oh my God, this went because when I hear other podcasters talk about the team and stuff, and then you're like, hmm, I hope whatever I am doing is right. Well, I mean,
1: just pretend like you got a team if you don't have a team. I, that's what I do now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I'm like yeah, my team. It's like me and a friend of mine now from Michigan. We just call and talk about the show. But
0: why did the yeah. po- podcast move away from?
1: Well, they to- closed their audio department, so oh. they had a lot of uh, restructuring in the last year, hmm. and uh, they laid off all those people that I was working with. I was there for a couple months more, but they were like, you know, we're not doing podcasts anymore. So like, you know either you know and my contract was up at the end of the year so it was either like find something else to do or you know you know like let your contract lapse basically and that's what we ended up doing is you know i i I finished out my contract and i was like well if they give me the rights to it i'll do it independently and there was just no room to make it there anymore because they Mm -hmm. had pivoted away from a podcast which is a very common thing in digital media i learned over the last four years so i wanted to make it a you know, I wanted to keep making it, and I wanted it to—I I thought it was an opportunity for growth because it didn't— Like, at BuzzFeed, it was really great because it felt like I had, like—I kept I kept kind of being nurtured, and yeah. I was lucky in that way. Like, it was a huge privilege. Like, I saw a lot of my talented friends not get nurtured at times, which was really frustrating. Uh, they left and, you know, thrived afterwards, <laughs> whereas, like, I, you know, got nurtured really into, like— doing like i kept doing things that i wanted to do there until but, i didn't anymore but
0: do you think freelancing gives you more room for experimentation because it's like you're the producer right. you're the host you decide everything basically i mean it, there's a downside to that if but... i'm being
1: honest what gives you room for experimentation and all my experience in media is money Money yeah. gives you the time to experiment, and that's that's the terrible answer, but it's the truth. That's, it's like that's a fair point. A budget, time, all that stuff comes up, and it's like you know what I think. It's correct that you should not let that ever stop you, and you should be creative in your limits, and you should just start making stuff. Which is, I admire that about you that you have like, like a real ass job, and you're like <laughs> also doing this other thing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people like want to message me and be like, oh, how do I make a podcast? Well just start recording at first and <laughs> listen to it it'll be terrible and then you do it again and you'll get better and you'll get better like i can't listen to the first couple episodes i would say like i've generally always been pretty good at like interviewing people and talking to people but i still can't listen to the first few episodes of the podcast because it's a, it's different you know like Nobody you, you, can, you you especially
0: you, listening to your own voice I don't. Mind. Oh, I like, hate to say it, but I
1: I don't mind listening to my oh, own voice. I'm nice. not like I'm not like I like the sound of my own voice, but I, somehow I got over it. I don't know why. Like I just, it's fine.
0: Talking about money, I saw like I was doing research on you, and I saw like you have a Patreon account for your podcast. Now, being a desi and being from Pakistan, I can say this for myself: I just cannot ask absolutely. People, to give money it is so tabooed in Pakistani culture right it's like especially if you ask Desis like your friends and family they're like what's wrong with you right have you felt that like especially when you ask for people to like to contribute to your Patreon right
1: Well, uh, it took a first of all, like I stopped making the show in October of 2018, Mm -hmm. and then I didn't start again until May because I was giving myself permission to do that. A lot of people were messaging me that, like, what do you need to get this done? Like, we will give you money to make it. (laughs) I got a lot of messages saying that, so it wasn't like I was like, like it was my first thought. It was like an idea that I was like, well, I know Patreon is a thing that works and that people have used it. And I just um, you know, I I waited and I took my options from other places. And this like creativity and independence thing that you're mentioning, it's like I would talk to podcast networks and they'd be like, yeah, like we have like mostly white people. So I think like adding your podcast would be really good. (laughs) They didn't have any idea what my podcast was about or why (laughs) it, it matters to people. So I was like, I don't really want to tie myself to another horse where and I don't know where it's going, you know? Like I would rather I know where I'm going. So I would rather just set it up for myself and yeah it feels like it feels a little bit I would say maybe I don't have that as much because it might be my own family culture I mean my family gives and promotes and supports Mm. and they don't nobody has ever said anything like that like shaming about it to me which (laughs) I'm very lucky that I don't get shamed very much I know that's like can be a a common thing in some they
0: see families
1: they see families but a part of why I do the show is because I think it's like, yeah, there's like more, there's there's a lot of nuance in our own lived experiences, and that's mine, which is like I get a lot of support. I think.
0: So. Let's talk about your family. So your parents are doctors, both of them, mm-hmm. and you grew up where in Michigan. Yes. Yes. And you're not a doctor nope. by profession. Um, you wanted to do something, like something in the real world. That's how you put it. Isn't <laughs> like medicine part of the yeah. real world? I was like, hmm. Did I say? This- did I say that? Yeah, that might have been, been a bit of a <laughs> a, a, a,
1: a mistake of <laughs> just a mistake, I guess. Um. So my, I think maybe I was contrasting more with my doing a PhD, which is like I think. A lot of Desi families, including my own family, and I still feel this pressure now is like, you're not doing anything if you don't have a degree kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. like it's not, without that, it's nothing. You know what I mean? And I got a master's um, and I got it in a thing that was niche and weird, like Islamic studies, you know? I mean, people still liked it because I was doing grad school, but like, they don't. maybe they don't necessarily see it as a career and... That's I was I think I was comparing like for instance getting a PhD in that case versus interacting with like people online like I get a I interact with a lot of really interesting people because of the nature of my work in a way that I would be more siloed off. Are you
0: planning to do PhD? No. No. <laughs> not not at the
1: moment. But I I depends on this how this digital media thing goes. <laughs> um, if there's still work around for me <laughs> in my little niche little corner of the internet. My sisters are both by the way civil rights lawyers. So older sisters. So um, I was like, they
0: covered that. In Pakistani culture, and again, I'm being very stereotypical right now, but I remember my father wanted me to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. I was not interested. He wanted my brother to be an engineer, which he obviously he did engineering because my father wanted him to do that. My sister tried medicine. She couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So my father was very disappointed. But then I ended up doing, like, math stats and economics. And my father thought that was all, like like except for math but he thought it was humanities Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he he still treats economics as humanities like if I talk to him about my kids and I'm like I was telling him that my daughter wants to do at some point economics like she'll do her bachelor's in economics when she goes to college and he's like yeah but that's humanities and that's why would she go like Mm. why would she move away from engineering and medicine and that's how careers are perceived—they have to be marketable,
1: right? Well, let me let me let me also complicate your picture of my parents because I think what's important to notice is that they were um, activists in college, mm-hmm. both of them. That's how they met, and that's how they fell in love and had like a love marriage and all that stuff. You know, my mom was like a pseudo communist, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't last, but because she went to America and ch- chased the American dream, and then they continued to be activists in America. So I grew up with watching my mom make outreach to you know the local black american community muslim community in our in our mosque do interfaith events with like racist white people go to go to the hill she you know did advocacy for pakistanis muslims she was involved in isna she had her hand in everything in a way and mostly my mom my dad was also very involved and had easier access because he was a man but my mother was really like the my late mother was like kind of the brain's the operation and she would work like a nine to five at her mm. office and then she would stay until 11 p.m at work like editing journals for up which is like a pakistani doctor association which to me doesn't like i don't understand why she was that was her thing but like clearly, she wanted to be a journalist growing up mm. and she her father didn't let her so it was obvious that that was her passion and my father too is like good at his job but he much prefer he's a very like a very good doctor but like an actually really really good doctor <laughs> it seems like but he is also very very socially engaged and that's clearly where his interest is so i was in a house where that was like mm. like the they their, their selling point was it'll it'll keep you stable I thankfully grew up in a stable situation, so like this is the privilege of like growing up as like a child of doctors. Where I was like, I just didn't understand the appeal of that. I was like, what's clearly so exciting to you guys is your work outside of your job. So and you're very good at it. So like maybe because there's more space for brown people now, maybe I can make it my job, and I did. So it's like I see it as continuing their legacy in a way. And so obviously my sisters do as well because that's why they do mm-hmm. civil rights law. It's mm-hmm. not because that's why they didn't be a do- they didn't end up being a doctor. The pressure was higher for them because they're older. But like ultimately, I think we all see ourselves as doing what our parents wanted us to do, even if they didn't see it as what we what we should do. That's true. My dad will still be like. Anyone who can be a doctor is, like, should be a doctor. If you're qualified, like, you should do it, which I think is a ridiculous statement coming from him, knowing who he is. Um, <laughs> but, like, he, there would be, like, be a doctor and then do this stuff on the side.
0: You know, we all tell our kids this that. This it's, it's so interesting because I tell my kids this all the time. More than, I think my husband does it more. So he just, like, he thinks that our kids should take up professions that are marketable and lucrative. And I think it comes... Down to immigrant mentality. Yeah. Because you're not in your culture anymore you've adopted another culture and you're part of a different community and you want to be financially secure so that's I think more to do with immigrants
1: I'm not saying there's not any truth to it I just yeah. think it's more it, there's there there's levels to it as well it's different depending on the person and as I'm getting in my 30s I'm starting to understand that pressure a little bit more than I used to When I was like <laughs> I was like yeah it'll figure itself out and it is in a way like I never you know I I, I kept moving you know what I mean I mean, like, I never felt like, oh, I, if I'm not growing, then i that's when I'm struggling. And uh, I kept growing through the thing, and I kept getting better gigs. And, like, people would under—like, there would be moments of understanding where my family would be like, oh, that's why you're doing that thing. Like, I have a plan. Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm not—and uh, I, I, I'm confident enough. I was also given that confidence from them that, like— I can make an impact because they made an impact. I saw them tangibly make an impact in people's lives, um, both as doctors but also as activists. So, like, you know, as long as I'm doing that, like, I'm happy and my wife is going to medical. Oh, by the way, I'll say this also. When I say the real world, I just think, like, medical school is... Um, horrible. I watch a lot of my cousins uh, go through it.
0: You end up with a great degree, but then you have to spend like eight years, right?
1: You gotta waste. You got. You gotta mm-hmm. waste some of the best times of y- your mm-hmm. life away from your family. It's like it's like the least immigrant thing ever. It's like, oh, like why don't you just not be there for your family for the next mm-hmm. five six years because you if you don't you'll fail and it'll all have been worth nothing like i've seen this with every single one of my cousins and i'm like i don't want that in my life i want to be with my family like they're like help help nourish me and like make make my life move forward
0: so as a kid of immigrants what were some of the stereotypical things that your family or you did growing like you did growing up or your family did that really annoyed you
1: well, I don't know that, I can't remember how, I, I had to, I definitely unlearned a lot of any self, like, self-hatred that I had or whatever. I was definitely like, I wouldn't say st- this is about stereotypes, but I didn't like eating our food very much growing up um, mm. until my teenager, into my teens. and
0: Does it change? I'm hoping it will change later. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I used to get, like, my mom used to just be like, she used to make fun <laughs> of me. She'd be like, I'm from a small town called Saginaw, Michigan. She's like, you were born in Saginaw, Michigan. You're going to. Live in Saginaw, Michigan, for the rest of your life. You're gonna marry a girl from Saginaw. <laughs> you're never gonna speak Urdu again. I was like, Jesus, mom, you're really putting a complex on me. And she did, such that I I learned Urdu. I went. I didn't know Urdu growing up, and I can speak it now because I took it in college and I went to India for a couple months. And like everyone now, like my name is Rad Brown Dads on Twitter. Everyone thinks of me as, like a brown uncle. Like this transformation <laughs> from like white whitewashed brown teenager to like brown uncle is like. I don't think enough people in my life talk about it <laughs> like it's really strange to me but yeah I still feel like there there is the shame that I got was never I always looked at my parents and was very proud of them they gave me a lot of of they because they had a strong narrative of pride in themselves however I didn't like what when that image would come in conflict with the way kids at school would can perceive of them like the idea that like we smelled bad is still something that sticks with me like i'll always i shower every day and my mother was like always into like cleanliness regardless of anything but i was like i'm always like i'm never gonna let anyone think that you know (laughs) like i smell bad or something like that like we smell like our food or whatever or like that i don't like perceive my parents as having an accent either for instance and everyone be like he's they're so hard to understand i'm like their english is better than yours okay (laughs) my mother was english was very good she could read like a book in a night, basically. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it was mostly about chafing up against how the rest of the society p- perceived them and me. Um, than me feeling shame around them, I guess.
0: And I think it comes down to being different. It's it's more to do with that. And that creates a threatening environment. So when even when people look at me and when my kids talk about my accent and they'll say, oh, you have such a heavy accent. And I'll be like, no, I don't think I have, like... Bad accent. If there is a word like bad accent or whatever, and
1: well, they're like evaluating your accent. They, they are
0: exactly. There is a hierarchy of accents yeah, in the you U.S. You have a very
1: like classy, nice accent, yeah, but, 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 but it's just in just, the U.S. For it doesn't them, sound. It's
0: like and and growing up in Pakistan, we used to call your accent, American accent. Yeah, yeah of course. It was right. like, you know, this person has American accent. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting how my kids perceive it, but I have spoken to so many young Muslim Americans like yourself, and every time I talk to them, I'm like, I'm hopeful my kids will outgrow a lot of things that they think right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the hope. <laughs> what kind of relationship did you have with your religion?
1: Oh, um, well, so I think for me, like, I think there's some negatives to this as well, but I think, like, yeah, Pakistani Muslim are very intertied with each other. Mm-hmm. um, and that can be very exclusionary, obviously. but in our community it was very um community building in the sense that like it connected me to a lot of other folks, like Arabs, like black converts, like um, you know Indians, Bengalis, all mm-hmm. you know all this stuff. We went to the mosque. my my mom was like, My mom and dad were both on the board at the mosque. Um, My mom always fought to make sure that, like, the women's entrance wasn't a separate door. Like, stuff like that. So, like, that was also part of her, you know, like, local activism in a way. She was, like, advocating for local women as well. So, yeah, I mean, I I didn't always like going to the mosque, of course. Um, Oh, actually... I should. I said I didn't feel shame, and maybe I'm whitewashing my own history in a way. But, um, I didn't like going to Pakistan very much. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> no, I didn't like going to Pakistan. I because I but I think that's because like I had like attention problems.
0: Where are your parents from in Pakistan?
1: They're from Punjab. They're Punjab? from Pindi uh, and Faisalabad.
0: Oh, Pindi and Faisalabad. Okay, yeah. I I was born in Pindi. That's interesting. Yeah. So why didn't you like? You know
1: where um, Benazir got killed. And Liaquat Bagh.
0: So it's it's interesting when I say our I house was, is across the yeah, street. Yeah. So there, when basically. when I say I was born in Pindi and I was raised in Lahore, my husband always makes fun of me that your uh, idea of Lahore's geography is very limited mm-hmm. because I used to be driven around. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. The, the idea of what Lahore totally. really looks like, unfortunately, I wish I could. I would one day just want to go back and be a tourist in Pakistan. Mm-hmm.
1: That was a great thing I did in my 20s. Well, you did that? When I went to India, right? Like, I went mm. to India for, you know, study a language program, rather. And then I went back to Pakistan for the first time by myself and went as a tourist. And, like, I had friends from college that I could go with. It was so good. It was, like, changed everything for me, I would say, in my relationship to my identity. Like, that was a major, I would say, a major moment of shift where, like, so- I could inhabit the identity without my parents being a guide to it.
0: Yeah. That's very interesting. Do you like going back now?
1: Yeah, I, me and my wife go alone without mm. our parents all the time. We are very comfortable going together. Like, obviously, we don't understand all the nuances. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like we can't go and like bargain at the market effectively. Like everyone knows that we're American, even if we can speak to them in our Urdu. And yeah, but we go often. Pretty we go pretty often. We have, still have a lot of connections, I that's not necessarily something that I thought would be true. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, after my parents die, like, am I ever gonna go back? But it's like, oh yeah, like now it's like very obvious that I'm gonna be, I'm gonna continue to have connections for the rest of my life and continue going there for the rest of my life. It's not gonna be an issue for like my kids; they'll still also go, yeah. and I can. I'm a fine enough guide. Like I can get along in, in like even in the streets with my do, even if it's not native it's enough you know it'll 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 work
0: are there moments when you feel more pakistani than american and then vice versa
1: well i just feel like i mean i agree that there's some things about america that are very very distinct to america but like there's also like i think people often use america as a synonym for white and i I don't think that it's you know what i mean like uh, and that's like Black Americans are as American as as white people, for instance, and so are Latinos and like Chinese immigrants. They've been here forever, you know. So, I I struggle with I don't I don't I don't think in that binary that often. But then sometimes I get in situations where I'm like, oh yeah, this binary exists. Like for instance, when I'm in Pakistan, I'm very loud. I forget how loud I am. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like an incredibly like blunt and loud American, and I don't. I know that I'm like that kind of in America too, but I'm less so. It's really noticeable when I go to Pakistan. I don't relate to American food culture very much or at like I have, I don't know why, even though I didn't eat Pakistani food growing up. I just don't relate to the way like my white American peers, for instance, eat food. I just like, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't know the, the things that they like, and the things that they're interested in.
0: In terms of food, I wanted to ask you something. So you wrote an article, Tikka Masala is a scam. Yeah for BuzzFeed, um, in which you said, and I am going to quote this, as a young Pakistani-American, I often find myself battling misconceptions about my Muslim and Desi identities. Half the time, I'm explaining why I am not quite Indian, and the other half, I'm explaining why I am definitely not Middle Eastern or Arab. This, Ahmed, is the very essence of... How most Pakistanis feel. Absolutely. We are not Arabs, and it really annoys me when people conflate us with that. Although there's
1: there's some Arab supremacists in our society who are like, actually, we're originally Arab. Like we're not. <laughs> crazy, we're right? not descended from. And culturally,
0: Indians. we are more like in tune with Indians, right? I understand their culture more Absolutely. because, in terms of food, although. As you pointed out, the masala with cream is not what we are used Mm -hmm, to. mm -hmm. We have this middle child syndrome. Nobody is willing to accept Pakistanis as Pakistanis. And we are trying to carve out our own identity. And it gets frustrating.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've... Being in the media space, it's like when I read an article about desi identity, it's almost always about Indians, and it excludes other identities, and it's frustrating to me because like as a Pakistani, I'm always being like, what about Indians? What about Bangladeshis? What about you know what I mean? So like, I have I didn't think I would do this, but when like I write an article like that, I only interviewed. Like Pakistani restaurants. And honestly, that distinction doesn't make any sense.
0: And have you noticed that with Pakistani restaurants, it will say, if it's a Pakistani restaurant, it will say Pakistani slash Indians slash Bangladeshi. There's even Um, one on
1: 29th Street that says African as well. (laughs) (laughs) They do serve a lot of, like, West Africans there, but it's clearly not African. But
0: an Indian restaurant will never say... Indian slash yeah, Pakistan. Totally,
1: totally. So we
0: we are like, I think we we have some kind of identity crisis going on.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of challenges around having pride in and in being Pakistani. And pride in a nation state. I mean, what's nice about India is they can be like, oh, we're like an old civilization mm-hmm. or whatever. But Pakistan doesn't know what kind of civilization it is. <laughs> which is a bummer because there are things you know there's a lot of things that like even like our sick origins like for instance yeah. that's such a thing you know what I mean that people you know the the, the tragic history of partition yeah. sort of erased you know what I mean that's so true. yeah, I don't know it's 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 a it's a it's a weird identity to inhabit but I also think like, for me it's like i i I don't know it's like a lot of people suffered and died for it so it's like i'm not going to just pretend like it doesn't exist like it does exist a lot of people want to be like why don't we just go back to like what you know like be one country it's like have you seen what's happening in india with the bjp right now we're
0: fine where we are yeah like i don't want to go to
1: live in the bjp like
0: I want to talk about your podcast sure. now. Um, uh, you have episode, you've done episodes on jinns and prom and hip-hop in Islam. So you tackle some really interesting topics. Yeah. How, what did you learn from your episode about jinns? And I know you're agnostic when it comes to believing yeah, in yeah. jinns. So what was one revelation that—did did anything change your mind, though?
1: I'll say the main thing that was really weird about that is that I get a lot of messages from people being like, oh, I saw a jinn once. They're not necessarily Muslim, by the way. Uh, I get these messages like, oh, I think my jinn, my boyfriend was possessed by a jinn. You want me to tell you about it? I'm like, please don't. I really don't need somebody. Like, it's like people, I will say that I don't necessarily, it's not that I don't believe in jinn. Let me put it this way. I believe this. I believe that what we see, our perception of like the physical world, there's like other layers to... To reality, which is true, objectively true, because like of like the nature of like atoms and, you know, quarks and gluons and all that stuff. But like it's also like true that I think there's other elements that things that are happening that are really weird that happen to us and we want to talk about them. And jinn inhabit that world for us. Like that's the Muslim version of it. It's like, oh, it's something that is unexplainably like some unexplainable spiritual energy it's a gin you know what i mean like it's a, it's our it's our like sort of like religiously kosher way of of saying it and people want to talk about it people really 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 want to talk about it and that i'm shocked at how many people yeah are like still messaging me like years later like oh i saw this <laughs> article you wrote in 2016 I have more. Do you want more? Like, let me tell you about the time that, like, I encountered a possession. Yeah. So that that uh, that's that's big. The other thing is that, yeah, it's people really want to have sex with gins. People <laughs> really, really <laughs> want to fuck the gins. I don't know why that is. I don't, like, I don't know what it is about, like, a, being that's made of smokeless like fire. That's not spiritual
0: part of it or anything, right? Is it, like, I, I, I'm just trying to think why. Well, oh.
1: I mean... In the Islamic cosmology, it's like, what options do you have? It's like, they're the only other beings with free will. It's like, otherwise, it's like, you're, you're it's not, it's not exactly a healthy uh, emotional relationship with any other beings that we yeah, have. So, that's like, true. so jinn is the only other option. <laughs> you can't do mess with the an names. Maybe you
0: can do another episode about jinns and, and, you know, specifics. We what- just released one. Oh, you did? Yeah, 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 Another one.
1: Yeah, but you might not have seen it because there's some glitches with um, iTunes, the way it's working that I'm trying to resolve. It was just released like a month ago. And that, there, there, yeah, there was a lot of conversation about people wanting to have sex with chins. <laughs> I talked to a scholar, Ali Alomi, about it. Um, yeah. So he has been... If you really want to learn about Jinn, he's the, he's the pro. He's hmm. Ali A. Alomi on Twitter. And he, every Wednesday, does a thread about Jinn. He's a prof- professor, so they're really good.
0: I have to look into this now. I'm so intrigued because I never paid attention to Jinn's. I, I, there are Jinn's in Quran and all. There's a mention of Jinn's. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, I always thought it was a myth. Yeah. Which is so crazy because it is in Quran and we are supposed to believe everything uh, yeah, that is yeah. in Quran. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I always thought it was a myth, and now that you like you did an episode and I was reading, as I was doing research on you, I was reading about jinns as well. So now I'm probably wow. going to Classic. do more research. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Another episode you did was prom yeah yeah what was your prom like
1: that feels like eons ago that episode my prom was i had my sat the day after and so my i arrived at like 7 30 and at 8 15 my mom was like all right you gotta come home now she she let me think about what what like i really have to come move back there cuz i i haven't talked about it with anybody um in a long time because she passed away when i was like 21 so like mm-hmm. soon after that i guess but she would be the main person who would remember that story i guess i guess basically yeah maybe i did like i dated in high school and she was kind of she was not as strict as some parents in the sense that she was like, okay, if you're going to date, you're just not old enough. Like you, and you need to date a Muslim person basically or need to like marry a Muslim person. So I was not, there was like, there was minimal options in that regard growing up. So I did date people and she found out and she was like, you need to break up with him. So I I might have told them that I was not, meeting the person that I was dating at that time at, at prom and I got away with that. Like they didn't check they didn't check in on that. They weren't like, is she there? You know what I mean? Like they actually were not very good at it. They were like they were like, you're in so much trouble. And then they did nothing to, to punish, which is punish me, which is why I'm a journalist, because they didn't they don't they understood like you should do this thing this way. They explained that very well, but they never did a very good job. Like
0: So as a young Pakistani American, how do you see do you see dichotomy or or difference between how girls are treated mm-hmm. and how boys are treated. Absolutely. We don't let... Our girls date as much or right. we have these like restrictions on who they should date and when they should start dating. Right. But then with boys, it's much more relaxed. Did you experience that with your sisters and you? Like, was it same for your sisters when they were growing up?
1: So I, I think there was a double standard, but it was probably slightly less stark in our family mm-hmm. and partially had to do because my mom was like a feminist and I was younger also. Like the younger child always kind of gets away yeah. with more. But there was definitely certainly a double standard, and I'm sure that my sisters keenly felt about the way that I was being treated versus them. But I was always made aware, very aware of it. You know what I mean? And my mother also kind of understood it, but she did, like, put a a lot of extra pressure on the girls and standards on the girls that were not so much on me. I definitely think it happens in my family as well, which is funny because it's like— In my family, the women are the higher achieving people overall. It's like a family of mostly women doctors and some men doctors. (laughs) I mean, the women doctors are, like, very prominent, I guess, in a way, and strong personalities. Mm. But yeah, then there's like, like, for instance, I think there's like, even though my mom had a love marriage, she, like, probably was still trying to arrange matches for my sisters because she was worried about, you know, what would happen, which is we always thought was so strange. It was like, you like, nobody came to your wedding because it was so controversial, basically. <laughs> so not like nobody, but like... It was. It's a small. If you look at the photos, it's like basically m- my mom's siblings and her cousins, and hmm. like pretty much nobody else. Hmm. Uh, it was a really small family affair, and then they went to America the next day. So it's like, why are you trying to do this for us? Like, I don't understand.
0: So why was it controversial? Your parents' wedding.
1: I mean, it was just an era in which you know love marriages were not as common, and people were still. I mean, obviously, it still happened. still. It still was happening at that point, but. Well, on my dad's side, he was definitely the first person in of his siblings to choose his partner, so that was the really controversial part, and therefore because they didn't like it, the families did not at that point connect. So, like, there was no family approval in the sense that like one family was like, "I don't want her to," you know, "I don't want him to marry her," and my mom's family was like, "Well, we probably don't want her to marry him either," but now you don't want. You know, you don't think our daughter's good enough? You know, fuck you. you know, <laughs> that's what I kind of imagine it to be like, at least. Um, uh, and they're fine now. Like, they get along now. And my mom, built, you know, built the bridge very well and kind of changed my dad's family about, like, outside partners in a way. So, yeah, I mean, they met in college. Like, they have, like, what they did. Me and them, I did the same thing as them. I met my partner in college because that was, like, the model. It was, like, you find a, a partner, an equivalent person who could, you know, stand up to whatever your vision of the world is and you 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 make the, that vision happen and a lot of their friends did that too actually but it, yeah i don't know it just it just uh It was just very, it seemed like, I look at the photos and I'm like, that seems intense. (laughs) The only person who seems happy is my dad. (laughs) My dad is like, yes. I'm like, your your mom is not there. Your siblings are not there. But you're just like so happy to get married to this woman. So I guess you must, it must have been, you guys must have been in love.
0: So talking about love, I want to get your take on movie that I watched. um, The Big Sick. Have you seen it?
1: I have, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Surprisingly,
1: never did a full episode on it.
0: Yeah, you should do an episode on yeah. it. I have a lot of questions for, about that. But what did you think about that movie from Pakistani-Americans' perspective?
1: So I think we ha- do this thing where, like, the th- things that we want in our media, we want them to be more perfect and make us look more perfect than they are. And The Big Sick, a lot of people didn't like it because it has a, wh- a white um, woman sort of... Uh, love interest and like the white family is centered over the brown family and there's a, bi- a big scene that i do think is really problematic where like she's like why do you you know she basically like they're like getting into an argument about like why he is still entertaining the arranged marriages or whatever and he burns a box full of brown women or something like that like he has a box full of their biodata and he burns it and it's like people were like kind of like you know what is our is our humanity worth so little um that's the messy reality we live in actually (laughs) i I hate to say um you know i know tons of people with white partners and those are some of the you know like you know there's a lot of people with white partners in our community and there's a lot of reasons why we do that it has to do with white supremacy it has to do with the lack, like the fact that our our men are very sexist and don't support women and it really happened to him so it's like
0: you know that's the part where i couldn't even criticize the script and i was like But this happened to him. So I can't really say much, although I would say he could have done a better job in, um, you know, the way it was depicted. Because to me, and I I grew up in Pakistan, so it's irrelevant to me. But I heard a lot of Pakistani-American women or girls who grew up here, they were offended by it. Because they were, there was this just a caricature of what a Pakistani-American woman looks like. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's like very conservative and traditional and there's nothing wrong with all of that but then again there's a spectrum there's a wide spectrum in terms of how we approach our religion in terms of how we look what we wear Um, putting us all together in this just one box and defining us as is is unfair to me
1: so i think he did a did a super imperfect job but i think what one thing that's really weird about it is that people people like i feel like it's like a like a very twitter way of looking at things like what about that one scene where like he burns the box and it's like it's really frustrating it's a really frustrating scene nobody ever talks about the scene where there's the girl who's like she's not played by an indian but she's like <laughs> she like just calls him out. She's like, are you just fucking around? She's like, they're like, she's like a total, like, she's not like a stereotype in any way. She's just like American Desi girl. And she's just like taking him around. It's like, what? We're like, this is so awkward. Are you just fucking around? Like, are you just wasting our time? It's like a criticism of him. Like, he puts a character in there that criticizes him and he looks bad. Like, he he looks like he is, you know, li- he's, a, he's a liar. He's manipulating all these women. Like, it's like, it shows ba- like bad characteristics about him. So, like, it wasn't super like perfectly done but it's clear that he like thought about it a little bit you know what i mean like and i you know so i don't know i just like i i don't even like admit that i like enjoyed part of that m- movie because it's become toxic to in our community to talk about like liking some of this stuff but like for instance i was fucking dying at that part where he does that powerpoint for like does a comedy show that's basically like a powerpoint about like how pakistan is so great i was like <laughs> this is like exactly that middle child syndrome that you were talking about it's like look at how great like this thing that you don't know Yeah, and about. you don't
0: even know where it exists
1: i think we also push very hard against that like that this is not what we are like there's actually a lot of indie movies with this plot that nobody cares about like that i actually think are very good like asif mandvi has this movie called is it sakina's restaurant or is it i don't know it's not, it's sakina's restaurant is the name of the play where it's like has a similar thing about like disconnect with your parents and then like he, like, has, like, a white partner, but, like, it's, like, really, really good.
0: I don't think people mind that narrative of disconnect with parents or marrying white woman. I think what people don't like is the way um, the other side is either, I don't know, denigrated or it's like if you have a disconnect with your parents it's somehow celebrated and i don't know how to describe it but yeah, it's like sure. oh you know uh, this person has a disconnect with his or her religion or their culture so that's a good thing the person has evolved <laughs> right right it, it, and i think that's where the narrative needs to change
1: agreed i agree with that there's too much of that there's there's not enough and all the work like Anytime I sit down to write a fictional project, which I, 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 I try sometimes and I fail, it's like, it never has that context. And I do wish we had more uh, other stuff, more, more, more things that are different. But the thing is, it's true. Like you just said to me, like I'm worried, my kids are like are don't understand my culture. It's like you have a podcast <laughs> called like Immigrant immigrantly right no, now, right? Like yeah, ch- yeah, it, yeah it, it is Immigrant, not Alien Chronicles.
0: It has been rebranded. Rebranded, <laughs> yes, yes.
1: So like you know, and you're somebody who obviously thinks about this, but it's like it's a it's a concern. Like it, yeah,
0: but that's true for every culture, for right? Sure. That's true for Italians. That's true for Irish. That's true for like even if you like being. Having that identity and trying to preserve it again, I think it's it's a trait that is part of what immigrant identity uh-huh, is. Like uh-huh. we just don't want to let go of that piece of identity Absolutely. that we bring from wherever we come, right? Right. right. Uh, but at the same time we don't want people to think that somehow we are backward or we are right. outdated well, or crazy. What if we are they crazy. do think
1: we're backwards though? Who cares? No, I don't care but... if they think I'm backwards. If I'm if I'm doing that intentionally. Then that's a problem. If there's actors in your community who are doing that intentionally. Right. So that's, that's what
0: I meant. Like, I don't want them to do it intentionally to gain following or or whatever the case. I don't want. And there is a lot of messiness in our community. Absolutely. We, are, we are fucked up in a number of ways, which we should be talking about as well. There are these double standards between men and women, even now, um, how we treat different professions, yeah. how we raise our kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like I that's want to, in- yeah, I I want to be integrated in the society, but I don't want to change my identity or who I am or my whatever accent I have or whatever quirks or craziness I bring from Pakistani culture, and I think that's where the tension lies.
1: Yeah. And I think the tension is is messy, and it's okay to be messy. Yeah, I'm sure, like, Big Sick is not going to age super well. (laughs) Um, But it was, like, an interesting missive into the world that, like, hadn't been seen before for me. And I was like, oh, there's some things in this that I I relate to. There's a lot that I don't relate to. But I don't have to, like, take it as, like, the story of our community, you know. And I can criticize him for, uh, you know, burning the brown woman in a box. That was definitely, I don't know why that went. Even if that happened in real life, he should have probably not put that in there. Because it, 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 is, it is dehumanizing. It is definitely a dehumanizing moment. But the other reason this is, is hot on my mind is because Hala is also a Apple original that's coming out that's about, like, a Pakistani Muslim girl who's, like, skateboard. She dates a white guy. Her parents are, like, having marital issues. And people were really, really mad at it because of the same thing that all the stories are, like, oh, we're disconnected from our parents. And we, like, you know, need, like, where's the story where, like, we date, like, a Muslim person or whatever. And it was kind of, I I kind of was frustrated because I was like, it's a Muslim woman. It was a Muslim woman, Minhal Beg, telling her own, like telling a version of a story that's hers. And it's like, why are we, why do we got to pretend like we're perfect or, or, you know, like. And
0: I don't see like causation. Like you can be disconnected and may not end up with a white person still, or you may be very much connected to your community and end up with a white person. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't see a challenge in that. Right. Like,
1: but the, the, the internet does for some reason. Huh. They like really, you know, just drag anything with a white uh, protagonist or white uh, love interest, which you can put a white interest in there and the reason you do it is to show, like, that things are fucked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it's like, and I, 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 I suspect Hala might do that. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that because we've only seen a trailer and people are, like, canceling the movie off of a trailer. Which yeah. is frustrating to me because it's like, well, you know, this, you know, how many feature films by Muslim women are available on a streaming platform? At least watch the movie and yeah. critique it and engage with it. And, like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's
0: And so. assuming everything is perfect in, in our communities, that's wrong.
1: So wrong. That's respectability politics is what exactly
0: that's so wrong. We have to see our community for what it is. There are good things and there are really bad, messy things that we have to recognize.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't it doesn't help us to say we're perfect at all, I don't think. And that's the space that I try to live in is like that imperfect space. Because I know I'm very imperfect.
0: So before we wrap up, I want to ask you this last question, which I ask every guest. If you were to describe America in a word or a sentence, how would you do that?
1: Word or sentence? It's capitalist as hell is what it is. America's (laughs) capitalist as hell. And it's deteriorating in front of our very eyes. (laughs) Uh, that's, that's, That's how I
0: feel. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great description thank uh, you Evan. this was great this, this was wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. I had so much fun and everybody should check out your podcast see thank something you. say something and it's available on all major platforms right?
1: that's right you can find us on patreon at patreon.com <laughs> slash <laughs> Yavadali if you want to tip me for my work so that I can continue making it
0: <laughs> and we'll end on this note thank you shameless self-promotion <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We are on Patreon. So if you want to contribute also, if you like what you hear, just share our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow our audience and come back next week when we will have another amazing, amazing episode.